part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Uh, so, yeah... I think maybe twerking is something I should add to my act. What do you think? Because uh, it was working for the guy at open mic yesterday <laughs> pretty well. And so if something works for a dude, for like a really big, heavy 400-pound dude at open mic, I think maybe I should try it. Anything works with the proper setup, John. You know that. You've been doing this long enough. Yeah. I'm actually not going to probably do twerking. I was, I just didn't know how to start the podcast. Uh, I had lunch with your Uncle Dave. <laughs> I had lunch with your Uncle David today. And I kind of wish he was on the podcast to tell this story. But we were, uh, my, your Grandma Turbo was in town. And so we had lunch together. And uh, we were talking about things that we remember from early childhood. And I said that I remember. No, she, we were talking about your kids and how amazed they were to find out that there is somebody who was around when World War II was yeah. taking place. I figured she would appreciate that. And they're message. still alive, yeah. And so your children were just mystified by that. So that's what got the conversation started. And I said, well, I don't remember that. But we, we were talking about 9-11 and how 9-11 was a thing that was like that happened before any of the kids were around and it would be similar to 9-11 for them is like world war ii was for me it was like this thing that i was vaguely aware of but it happened 20 years before i was born and so i said i do remember the moon landing and that got us talking about things that we remember and then your uncle david said i remember your i remember you teaching me um how to use the fly i remember you teach i remember standing in my in my underwear in the bathroom and grandma saying well that hole is what you use when you go pee you use that hole and david says i don't think that's going to work and i remember thinking that's not going to work and i was right because i stood there and peed my pants <laughs> because he thought he thought that she meant all you had to do was just pee and it would come out that hole <laughs> So uh, that was that's been making me laugh all day. Every time I think about him, him thinking to himself, "I don't know how that's going to work," and then sure enough, it didn't. I'm 35 years old, and I still don't use the fly. It's just no, I don't no. either. It's it was just not a technique that I ever got comfortable with. You know, I would be I would be curious to see how many. How many grown men actually do use the fly? I have a feeling that it, it that number started to taper off, you know, with my generation. I have a feeling. I think so. I if think you got, older if you guys, used, they you, all did it because that's what they were taught to do. But but the, but how the many listeners was, are there to this? Uh, one. 
<laughs> Carl. Yeah. Let's say we could get a sizable study going right now. Just have them respond to peaches with whether or not they use the fly. Please, to please next don't door. make me run interference <laughs> on this question. And then we'll report please. back next week. It's too late at night. No, you can send it to next door. I was up too early this morning to get enthusiastic about this particular project. You're kind of you're kind of harsh and our mellow right now. You had a protein shake. I thought that would pick you up. I thought I was more mellow than you guys. I'm harshing your mellow. No, I'm not using the right word. You're uh, not you're, as excited about the fly talk. Right. As you should. So yeah. You're harshing my mellow no. right now. Well, I, I, I'm going to second what Luke says. And if you have an opinion on this, then feel free to email next door at uh, johnbrandy.com and let us know what your fly preferences. Yeah, you don't have to sign it. I guess, the, though, I'll be able to recognize the email. But uh, it's going to be hard to send an anonymous email. But um, anyway. I shared something with my sister at the YMCA that was making me laugh all by myself. By your own self? Until I went downstairs at the Y and found Tabby and was like, I have to tell you what just made me laugh because it just popped back into my head. I'm sure it made Tabby laugh because she's the easiest person in the world to make laugh. She laughed. I knew she would. Mm-hmm. I was So I was upstairs in the bathroom and I saw a hair tie on the floor and I just thought to myself, there's probably a lot of those in this building. Like probably a lot of people lose hair ties at the gym all the time. And then I was trying to calculate, like, how many, you know, do I think they probably encounter around here? A lot. And then I was like, and a lot of hair, too. Like, there's a hair tie, and then they also probably sweep up a lot of hair. Well, there's probably a lot of hair in the ties that are lost. Right. And and outside, too. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, if you collected all that hair, then you'd probably be able to, like, assemble... You know, some pretty nasty wigs out of it. But that then I remembered when, as I was thinking that to myself, I smiled because I remembered that a lady, a very nice lady who I like very much, is a fellow homeschool mom, and I know her from co-op. She was telling me the other day. I like the way she has to preface this with "I like her very much" I and she's like very nice. Very I have a feeling the story is going to be twisted <laughs> I do and like weird. Her very much, but, but she. <laughs> what I'm about to tell you is going to make you think. But she needs a new wig. <laughs> She uh, was, t- we were talking to Colin, my redheaded son mm-hmm. in class, and I was telling him that red hair is actually very attractive and it's thick and it's luscious. And a lot of times red hair is the last to go gray. That's true. This lady has a, a full head of gray hair. She's completely gray. And um, she said, my hair actually did used to be red. And she said, so now when I look back, and then she paused. She goes, when I look back on when I look back on my college days, and then she paused. She goes, because in college I used to, you know how you save your hair that's fallen out, <laughs> <laughs> so that you can assemble it into your own hairpiece. You know how you do that. <laughs> you know. Wow. You know how everybody yep. in college saves their hair and to I'm make a like, hairpiece. I just kind of <laughs> nodded at her. You did? Well, I mean, I You did. nodded like, well, of course. I gave her of a course thoughtful, I know that. Well, no, I gave her a thoughtful frown. Like, my nod was supposed to say, like, go on. But she kind of took it as, yes, me and you both. <laughs> yes, of course, lady, who's <laughs> very just, nice and I like very much. She just said, well, you know, I can't even wear mine anymore because the hair color is so completely different. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, oh. It's like well, your own blood to get back later. You know <laughs> You know how you know how you save your teeth when they fall out <laughs> so that you can make a dentures. You can make dentures, dentures later on. 
So oh, I shared awesome. that you know with Tabby, and we both giggled. <laughs> you know how, you know how you keep your toenail clippings in a bag, <laughs> so that later on. Apparently it's you a can thing. Build like she's, a sculpture. She's really resourceful. She's one of those like homestead people who like makes her own dresses and makes her own. That does not shock me stuff. at all. She yeah. makes her own dresses out of yeah, <laughs> out of skin that she's sloughed off. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. I'm googling save hair that's fallen oh out to see if it's a thing. I mindlessly uh. mess with my beard throughout the day, so at the end of the day, I'll look at my desk and it'll just be. I should have just be sweeping those into a cup. You should, and so I can so start gluing your whiskers. Them back fall on. out when you mess with them. My beard? Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Hmm. Is, is that because you keep it trimmed, or is it just that uh, whiskers fall out? The longer they out? get, the worse it is. They get brittle. Yeah. I have yep. never. I should grow a beard. You really should. Like in November. This should I do that this November for no shave November? Should I? That I've never had a beard. Blow my mind. I have never had a beard. <laughs> okay. Should I do that? Why, why wait till November? Pay attention. Here's here's Newsweek. I'll save summertime. some. I'll you save don't some grow beards you. in the summertime. I'll only save some of mine for you. Only. I I almost said only weirdos have beards in the summertime. <laughs> onto a podcast on the FLF network. I almost said that. So this this Newsweek article is titled "Woman Painstakingly Collects Strands to Make a Wig Out of Her Own Hair," mm-hmm. uh, and her name is Liz Lele. She started <laughs> saving her hairs nearly eighteen months ago, although this article is a bit old. Um, five hundred and twenty days to be exact, and mm-hmm. has so far amassed six thousand five hundred and ninety six strands. She's counted the strands. Wow. Yeah. It's- Weird enough to save it, but to actually catalog them, I pull takes about it to that a level of out of our shower drain about every three months. Yeah, I'll bet. Hey, do you use that thing that you got for Christmas? I do. Does it work? It does. Uh, Luke was given a, or actually the entire McKinney family was given a item by uh, my wife, my my grandma Lori, to. Drag hair out of a drain. It's a drain snake thing. Mm-hmm. It's you like just shove plastic. it down and pull it out. It's this plastic thing that looks kind of like a hairy wet ferret. It looks kind of like a bigger, longer uh, trash bag tie. You know those sort trash of, bag yeah. ties that have yeah. like the the sharp points on them. Almost like a swordfish bill. Mm-hmm. But you jam it down there, and it just sucks out all of this nasty hair. It's pretty great. It's not great, but it works. It works, and it's cheap. It's cheap, and and then and I've just you can give it to the peaches, away. and she can make hair pieces out of it for <laughs> all of the children. So all of the McKinney children have little wigs that their mother has lovingly fashioned for them yeah. <laughs> out of the hair. Well, one of the first things a girl does when she gets a doll is start hacking at the hair with scissors. But now That's we have true. an endless supply of replaceable doll hair. That's true. My sister had. Uh, a, a whole box full of dolls that were bald, <laughs> except for Strawberry Shortcake. And Strawberry Shortcake was like a little character at the time. I don't, I don't know if she's still around or not. But my sister had this doll, and it was Strawberry Shortcake. Actually, was the Strawberry Shortcake doll, and she smelled like strawberries. That was kind of the thing that she was this little little doll. She smelled just like strawberries. My sister doused her with perfume, so <laughs> so she didn't smell like strawberries anymore. She smelled like kind of like an old woman, like like a like an old woman. That reminds me of Toe Jam Jimmy. 
Ah, that's still around. I've still got a, uh, I got one of those for Christmas from from you guys, right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what they're it's called. On, it's in my office, and I haven't opened it because I know better. <laughs> I have some experience with Toe Jam Jimmy. And Timothy got one when he was a kid, and we found it like, I don't know, years later. And it was still in the little thing. And he opened it up, and it still stunk <laughs> just like it did the day that it was brand new. Boys and girls' toys tend to be pretty different. It, that's <laughs> true. It's true. You don't, you don't get Toe Jam Jimmy for a little girl. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I think whatever. the Peaches wants us to get on track. I'm sorry. Quiet. Well, we, we've got... Uh, We've got several things that we could talk about. We had a, um, I, I taught last night about uh, devotion at the lighthouse. Taught the kids about being uh, being devoted. Read from Acts where they devoted themselves to each other to the apostles' teaching, and it was a it was a, a lesson that went in a different direction than I had. Um, planned i had i broke them into two groups and i said okay uh you can switch time it was left and right side i said you can get up and you can be on whatever side you want to be on but once you pick a side then that's your side and so they got up and they moved around and i said everybody happy with their side yeah okay now you need to pick a name for your team they all they picked a name and it took a few minutes and i said no this is your tribe this is your family these are your people these are um this is your your family. I said, now I'm about to give the people on the left, I'm about to give this tribe a privilege that I am not going to give you guys. So if you want to be recipients of that privilege, then you need to move over to this side. And nobody did. Okay, well, good for you. So I said, you guys get to go and get dessert first. And the other side was like, oh, man. I said, okay, now I'm about to give this, this same side another privilege that you guys are not going to get. So who wants to move? And they were like, no, we're not going to move. And I said, Okay, um, so I got out some suckers. I had some dum dums, and I distributed them to everybody. And they're like, "Oh man!" And I said, "Okay, you guys, I'm gonna uh, now. I'm gonna give a privilege to this side, same side, and uh, and it's you know, you guys are not gonna get it." And uh, it was two minutes, and this was the thing that moved everybody. I said, "It's two minutes." of uh conversation and you can horse around with your neighbors you don't have to pay attention to anything you can just you can just converse and a fair number of people got up and they're like we've had enough of this we're getting we're just scooching over um and one of the uh one of the staff one of the, the staff members gets up and moves over too and she said she just did it because she she thought that i was gonna that i was trying to prove a point you know and so she was doing it to help me out. And basically I said, all right, well, we're going to talk about devotion. We're going to talk, well, what is devotion? And they said, well, it's loyalty. And I said, yeah, that's right. And it's, uh, and it's sticking with people. And I said, yeah, all of those things are true. And uh, you guys are, uh, you guys were not, were not really devoted to your team. You just got up and left when, when you thought that it was going to be uh behoove you to go to this other side and i said no there's not really anything wrong with that per se there's it's not always wrong to to move uh to change to change teams if it's going to privilege you in some way that's not always wrong um but 
there is something to be said for uh, for loyalty, for devotion. And I think they got it. I think they sort of understood. But uh, I shamed them. I shamed them for moving. I said, you guys were so, you were so, you were doing so well. And uh, after I, I asked them towards the end, I said, as they were, before they moved, I, I said, why are you guys not moving? I mean, what is it? What is it that you're, that's keeping you here? And they, they said, we just want to see how this turns out. We just want to, <laughs> and I said, you guys are thinking that there's going to be some sort of a reward yeah. that I'm not going to give the rest yeah. of them. And, they, and that's what it Pull was. Pull a bunch of 20s out of your wallet. Yeah, that's the what end. they yeah. thought. They thought that I was going to, uh, but no, I didn't. So they just got short into the stick. So. <laughs> I wanted, uh, all right, I'm just going to be honest about the uh, the Gary DeMar debacle. I don't understand what's going on. I am, from a distance, I'm aware of the issue. I'm aware of what uh, partial and full praetorism is. Uh, I know what that, I know what that is. But I honestly do not understand what, everybody is up in arms about if i understand gary's position it it's been sort of unclear and vague he hasn't been very specific in answering questions and denying praetorism right am i being fair um yeah no he said he's not a full preterist he said he's not a full preterist and now What's being said is, well, of course, that's exactly what a full preterist would say. A full preterist, of course, would deny full preterism. That's what they do. Right. Because he knows how bad it sounds to say, yes, I am. I am. If you're waiting for him to just come right out and say he's one. He's not. That's how you know he is. You're going to be holding your breath a long time. Okay. So. Okay. So uh, that was kind of. That was sort of what I thought. And then the other thing that's been occurring to me all the way along, and this is probably going to get me in trouble, but I can't help it. This is what I think, is um, I'm not sure that this issue is of primary concern uh, to very many people. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many. And Toby sort of said this in his last article, but I was thinking this ahead of Ahead of that, I was thinking, okay, how many people actually uh, know about this and also care about this? There you go. You just admitted it. Nobody cares, and that's the whole problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I do understand what's going on there. Yep. And, they're, your, and so they're upset because people should care. Because you're asleep at the wheel. Because you, as a man of God, a Christian, you're supposed to be guarding against Heresy, against here heresy. you yeah. don't even care. I don't. I, well, I can't. I can't care about things that I don't care about. I don't have any. I don't have any direct control over stuff that I care about. Um, I. I'm not a a fan of heresy, but <laughs> I do think. I think that there are other more pressing issues that that we should be. Uh, talking about besides whether whether or not we're going to be what our what our resurrected bodies are going to be 
like. Um, and what's interesting is that this is this is not the first time that we've gotten in trouble for not articulating things the way our brothers, some of our brothers, won't like us to articulate them. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking back a few years ago to when we we had a guy who I thought was an ally. I thought was a I, I'd been on his podcast once, uh, and we'd exchanged some blogs and stuff. I thought we were buddies, but it turns out that I wasn't. I didn't articulate the uh, creation process exactly the way a christian is supposed to articulate the creation process and uh i think there's probably some people in the flf network that i would get in trouble with too for my views on creationism we'll find out in october when we're gonna talk about (laughs) creationism won't we the whole conference is gonna be about six literal days of creation yeah so yeah, well, and maybe it, your, your days are numbered. Well, we've also got a guy who's we've got a flat Earth guy who's uh, who's constantly been upset with us, and because we're not articulating uh, the correct cosmology regarding the the way the universe is organized, right. <laughs> specifically the solar system, and, and the, you know the flat Earth the flat Earth people, uh, they just make me laugh because because. Cell phones don't work if the world is flat, right? I mean, we got a bunch of satellites winging around up there that are making communication possible. Some of you are listening to this on a cell phone, and that's because the Earth is not flat. That's 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 why that works. And so, I don't think that it's uh, necessary to believe that the Earth is a plate in order to be. Uh, you know, in order to give God credit for having created the universe. But that is, that's the cosmology that I am assigned. I've been told a couple of times now this week that, uh, that I am a heretic because I don't affirm flat earth. And but what, what, is being, what is being said now by some really top-tier trolls is that's just a red herring. It's distraction. You're changing the topic, comparing them to any other type of really annoying, self-important person is totally beside the point. Right. And so you're bringing it up for no reason except to just sling mud. And so, yeah, bringing up a flat earther in this context is <laughs> not only just inappropriate, but it's also like completely unchristian and you need to repent and you know, apologize. Right, to and they're saying it. that because they're not flat earthers, right? Well, they're right. They're saying it because they they recognize that that well, some of them might be, but they're they recognize that that's generally considered oh. a negative thing. Oh, the are same there any reason flat earthers. The same the reason the flat earther reform? didn't want to be re, didn't want to be compared to the atheists. He doesn't want right. you to compare his philosophy of skepticism to the atheist skepticism philosophy. Even though they compare, he doesn't want you to compare them because that's just not that's it's not fair. It's a straw man. It's, right, you're making right. him answer for things that he doesn't believe in. Right. Well, I but I wasn't doing it. I'm I'm not doing it just to just to pick a fight or just to be argumentative. I'm doing it because because they are similar mindsets. So once once the atheists are immovable, and once you once you obviously refute their point of view once once you demonstrate to them that they're 
that their thinking is wrong. It doesn't necessarily prove that God exists, but at least the, once you punch a hole in their worldview, um, they, they never concede that their worldview has been punctured. Well, they just keep right on going. But that's not the similarity that flat earthers have with atheists. You can't. That's what this one does. No, I mean, this one. No, no, no. You can't prove to him, no matter what you do, you, like cell phones, cell phones and satellites don't necessarily prove that the earth is round. You can have a satellite just going, spinning in a circle up above a plate. You can still have satellites that don't orbit around the earth so much as they kind of go like a clock around the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason you, you haven't actually proven that his worldview is wrong. That's not what's wrong with skepticism. What's wrong with skepticism is they don't put their feet on anything. They just doubt. It's just one, it's a black hole of constant questioning. And it's deconstructionism. It's postmodernism. It's, it's this idea that we can just tear down, tear down, tear down. And it's the easiest thing in the world. It's the easiest thing in the world to just say, well, I don't, I don't believe, believe it. it. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's what they do. That's what the flat earthers do. And that's what the atheists do. Right. right. It's not that's that you've point. proven them wrong and they're stubbornly hang clinging to a belief. They just stubbornly cling to the, the to mantra no that says there's not enough evidence. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. Um, the only right. belief that I've heard is that empirical evidence is superior to all other forms of evidence all the time. Empirical evidence is the only thing that I will believe or the only thing that will move me in any direction anytime. Mm -hmm. But then when you ask them the philosophical question, why do you believe empirical evidence is the only kind, then they, they don't have justify. an answer because it's not about biology or or you know astronomy or any of it's not chemistry. It's just philosophy. It's a philosophical position they've taken, which is just I'm going to be the judge all the time. I'm going to constantly demand that you make yourself, you know, present to me these various pieces of a puzzle, and then I will decide if and when they can all be assembled to make a complete picture. I am where, I'm the one that you put your evidence in front of, and then I will tell you whether I accept it or not. And they, they never do. They'll never accept any evidence. They just constantly repeat, I don't believe it. Well, if they never accept any evidence, then how do they know that, how do they know that you're mistaken? How do they know that their view is correct and my view is wrong if there's never any evidence for either view they, that's right. acceptable? He, all he wants is for you to join him in his skepticism. They All they want is for you to admit that you don't really know anything. You don't know the earth is round, Right, well, John. that's what the atheists want. The atheists just right. want me to shrug and go, I, I don't know and nobody can know. Right. That's know. what they want. So that's the similarity between the two. And what I'm saying is that they will take... They'll take exception to you giving an analogy or an example of another person who has a similar mindset. They will just smack it away and say, well, I don't believe that either. And so the only reason you're even bringing that up is to just basically poison the well or get people to um, to think badly of me. It's character assassination. Well, uh, no, what, what I'm trying to do, specifically what I'm trying to do is get people to follow me so I can become filthy rich <laughs> writing my blog and doing this podcast. And so far, right. I'll tell you, so it far. is working. The money is rolling in with I, my heresy. Right. I am selling hand over fist. I am, I am selling merch that says, uh, I'm, now, I've painted myself into a corner. I wasn't prepared for this line of <laughs> I thinking. I was wondering where you were going. I don't have any. I don't have any uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 
getting all sorts of, of money. That was the accusation. I'm right. just pandering to my sycophantic fans. You had that so accusation. That, give me that accusation money. was lobbed at Darren Doan. That mm-hmm. argument has been lobbed at the entire FLF network, whoever well, that's that is. that's what's going on. I don't even that's know That's what's going on. I don't even know who the network is now. I don't know if they mean the admins <laughs> of the Facebook group. I don't know if they mean the boys who run CrossPolitik. I don't know if they mean us. I don't know. Who. That's what. That's how this works, isn't it? I mean, you get on a podcast and you say things that everybody agrees with and then they just send you cash. It's, it's like... <laughs> Where do I send a check? You said a thing that I agree with. Take my money. Yeah. Well, my my request to you was that you take the opportunity to talk about why the easiest thing in the world to do is make fun of somebody who takes himself takes himself or herself too seriously. <laughs> because the the one liners well, What do you mean by easy? I mean it's it's the most obvious thing to do, but right. if you're a Christian person, you will get in a lot of trouble for, for laughing, making yes. fun of people that are taking themselves seriously. Right, I get that, but what I'm saying is it doesn't matter. You can't help it. Like when a person stands up and in all seriousness, in all seriousness says, "Yes, the reason that I'm here commenting on Facebook and under every single post, many, many dozens of times per day, every day within minutes of the is thing to being defend posted, the faith is because and do I the work love of, people of more than you do. And yeah. I, this is the real work. This is the real work. When they say that, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, there's nothing I can say to explain why it's funny. It just is. It just is. Like, you can be mad at me for laughing. But it's like being mad at me for sneezing or for being hungry or something. Like, it's just something that happens because you are a joke at that point. You're just, I don't care if that hurts your feelings and you think I'm unchristian for saying it. It makes me laugh. Now, I could refrain from actually clicking the laugh react, and I did many times. But then there were other points where I'm like, this guy's... This guy's joking, right? Like, he's actually doing it on purpose. <laughs> serious. Right? Nobody can be this obtuse. Like, you're you're actually, every time somebody says something, no matter how gently, no matter how they, they try to clarify, no matter how much they come to you with all good faith, <laughs> goodwill and good faith both, they say, I'm just trying to clarify, do you mean this or that? If your response is, Red herring. herring. Straw man. (laughs) Repent. (laughs) Like they're literally they're not just calling for Gary DeMar to be removed from the from the network now. Now they're also Now they want him kicked out of the country. Discipline for anyone who said anything that wasn't Gary Marr needs to be kicked out of the network. Anybody who's anybody who's ever said a kind word about Gary's mother Gary's mother to be removed. No longer welcome in the FLF network. I heard that Gary DeMar's mom likes him. It's ridiculous. People literally are saying Ah, it's obvious from here, from this, that he's a friend of yours. Like, yeah. How Calvinist do you have to be to think a friend is a bad thing to follow, have? I did follow that conversation. I did follow that conversation where it's like, you're only doing this because you're friends with him. And I'm like, you're what a diabolical, despicable person to stick up for your friend. They literally don't have friends anymore because they think it makes them look bad. They just have comrades. That's they all they, they have. Friends they are a liability. They, 
I can't be loyal to Jesus if I have friends. Right. No, they actually think that when they interpret the Bible, where it says that we should hold each other accountable and that we should particularly hold leaders to a higher standard, you know, they were like, oh, well, what that means is if I have anybody who can still stand me at the end of this conversation, I'm probably not treating I'm not them. doing it right. I'm probably not treating them strongly enough. I'm not being strict. Oh, that's so great. That's if anybody, great. If anybody still kind of likes me at the end of this conversation, right. I have not properly proclaimed they're, my orthodoxy. They actually have memes now that they're sharing. <laughs> multiple memes where they're painting themselves as these like cleft chin, like stubbled, <laughs> bare chested men with these massive biceps. Right. And, and it's like, this is, you know, because Toby said this something this week about how they, they're acting like, autistic little boys and so they were like here orthodoxy and the whole christian faith and it's like the, it's actually a flat earth come to think of it uh -huh. like it's this, this family in a church standing on top of this you know earth yeah and then underneath is all these it's labeled autistic, autistic people. Boys, yeah, I saw and that. it's all these really strong <laughs> men like they really are unironically maybe they're being ironic i hope they're trolling Guys, I sincerely do. If that's it, if they're just clowning around and pretending like they think this highly of themselves, great. At least Yay, they still good have for a them. sense of humor. But I think some of them really have gotten carried away in their own rhetoric. I think they really do see themselves. I really think uh. they don't remember what color their wives' eyes are. And I think that they spend all day on Facebook because they actually believe it makes them man manly. <laughs> well, yeah. here's the thing. At <laughs> If I have an issue with one of the elders of my church, like I should take that person aside privately and have a conversation. I don't go up in front of the church and then start demanding people's heads. That's just a psychotic thing to do. Right. Well, they're saying it's it's biblical. It's a biblical process if they've already done that. They're claiming they've already written to Gary's church leaders. They didn't get the result they wanted, and so now they have to escalate. And they're also insisting the only reason that Toby and Doug and others at Christchurch have responded is because they've made a stink. So as far as they're concerned, they've done a, a good and righteous thing because they've intentionally been because they've annoyed all of their leadership. in everyone's <laughs> rear, and that's what men do. That's what men do. Yeah. Men become insufferable right. when they're doing the work of the Lord. So I, that's what you want. When your heart is on fire for Jesus, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then everybody else in the church rolls their eyes and runs for cover right. when you come into the Every room. Every time you come that's in how you know when for you... worship, people are like, <laughs> they're scooting over to closer to the other know. wall. Yeah. That's how you know when you're doing the Lord's work you is when nobody wants to be around you. You're a lone wolf up there <laughs> making the hard choices. Sigma. No friends. Sigma male. It really mm. says that. Like they had a meme that said that it's not called it's not called autism, it's called Sigma male energy. And but it's like they're painting themselves as these heroes. Yeah, these warriors. In this story. This Roadhouse, this Patrick Swayze and Roadhouse. And again, Maybe they're maybe they're trolls. Like I wouldn't be surprised, and I would actually be able to make more sense of the whole situation if they are atheists posing as what they think a reformed person is supposed to be. Mm. But I, yeah, mm. I don't necessarily think that that's the case. They've, they'd have done a lot of homework, right? It, but but some of it though is so close to the arguments of well, that's Poe's law. Yeah, when satire becomes indiscernible from the. Uh, the real lunacy, right? You know, lampooning the lunacy becomes the lunacy itself. Well, here's the thing that you probably, or maybe you've seen, but 
probably haven't had the chance to see yet that I have found the most compelling in all of this. There is a small group of people who, I, I think the majority of people who are in that group, who are in the Fight, Laugh, Feast group, and the majority of people who would listen to any of our podcasts on the network mm-hmm. are too busy with their podcast listening and their, like, yard work, you know, and laundry. <laughs> Taking out the trash and, and showering. They're not following that closely. Eating food. They're not responding to all those <laughs> super attractive, stubbly beard men that are reading holding, literally holding the flat earth up on their brawny shoulders. Super attractive, yeah. stubbly men. They're not, they're not really responding to them because they're busy with life. But, right. to, but you know, stuff. I, there are a handful of men who are pushing back against this, you know, ridiculous narrative and they're saying things like well you know according to the westminster confession baptism is for the regeneration of sins for the remission of sins sorry yeah for the regeneration of the person and the remission of sins wash away the, sins. the gift of the holy spirit and all of these things yeah. and they quoted it and and that has i have yet to see a response from all of these people who are thumping the confessions Other than, you're just muddying the waters and that's right. that's a non sequitur right and it's totally not because I absolutely know people who believe that if you haven't been baptized, then you're not saved. Right. Because of, and I'm not talking about Catholics because they're like, you're no, just making a talking, Roman you're Catholic. You're talking about our people. Right. You're talking about our, our there's people in our church. Right. And I can so, name names. I can name names. You can't make, <laughs> you can't make an argument about the resurrection being essential doctrine because the Nicene Creed is completely clear or the confessions are completely clear. And then not answer somebody who's like, well, you're not being consistent then because you do not practice baptism for the remission, the remission of, of sin. sins. You don't, you drop that. Right. And so oh. how do you answer that? Oh. But so far, yeah, so far they haven't, I haven't seen an answer. Well, it's, and to get back to your initial premise, yes. When, whenever you take yourself seriously, like super seriously, if, if you're not aware of the fact that to be super laser focused and serious about anything, not just theology, not just a theological point, but let's take it to to, to any other realm. If you are, if you, uh, if you cannot, there's so many, if you, if you cannot eat French fries without dipping them in mayonnaise and it's like, and, and you can't do it. I, I got to have mayonnaise or else I can't eat these french fries. That's that's funny at a level. And the right. more intense you are about that, the, right. more, the more psychotic you get about that, the funnier it gets. It doesn't, it, it, it's not, it's not the converse of that where if you start taking it more seriously, then everyone around you will take it more seriously. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Right. The more serious you become about French fries and mayonnaise, the more uh, ridiculous you look to everybody else. Okay, but if God had written a command about French fries and mayonnaise, then it right. is our duty right. to be super serious Yes. About it. The whole time, every day when somebody says something that even almost sounds like it's going against this decree about mayonnaise and french fries, then we have to jump in right. and then take ourselves super seriously. Well, I I did pose a question to Darren 
um, after he posted his sort of snarky thing about, we can all agree about this, and he listed a whole bunch of stuff that probably everybody doesn't agree about. <laughs> right, about resurrection. Yeah, and yeah. I said, yeah, there's no, there's no question that that's already settled and everybody completely agrees, but what I haven't heard is, uh, and I hope you will deal with this as seriously as it deserves, whether or not Adam and Eve had belly buttons. Had belly buttons. Right. Um, and that didn't get any traction. No. I, didn't get, I didn't even make anybody mad well, with this that is question. What, this is what somebody posted a few hours ago. Baptism washes away sin, and if you reject this, this isn't a simple disagreement. You are a heretic and thus not a brother in Christ. May God have mercy on your soul. The church has settled this. And... <laughs> A bunch of people. This the response See, that I, I saw. I wish I'd have thought to do that. The response I saw was, um, "Mockers gonna mock." Psalm thirty-five, sixteen. With hypocritical mockers in in feasts, they gnashed upon me with their. The teeth. Westminster Confession is mockery. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. because he he's suggesting that the person who posted that is not making a sincere right. argument. But right, he's not making a serious argument. He's right. just trying to be, right because they're trying to make a set a precedent right. where the more serious you are, right. then the more the more the more, the more seriously you need to be taken. Right, the more your argument should right. should hold water, and the it does. Better your stubble. I honestly That's have. Right. I can't even get in a frame of mind because of the culture of our family and the culture that I've I've just been raised in. I can't even get in a frame of mind where somebody can stand up, clear their throat, tap on their glass a few times. And make a speech like this guy, who's like, <laughs> half-baked posts and comments like these are going to push people to Rome. Roman Catholicism. Uh -huh. You guys don't care enough to figure out how historical your reading of the creeds are, and you're happy to suggest we are all just bastardizing the faith of the fathers. So why not just keep the trend going? I hope God shuts your mouths. <laughs> <laughs> and that's got ten likes and I loves. wish you'd just go ahead and emasculate yourself there's 10 there's 10 likes and loves on that comment and so i honestly i can't even get in a place where i can no, wrap no. my mind around because in our family that in our family we would stand up and say something like that and it would be completely tongue-in-cheek we would know we right. would know that there would be nothing but ridicule and mockery returned right when we when we said that we would know it Right. And a, a bully usually does have a posse. I mean, but they're there sort of out of fear, I guess. I guarantee you. I guarantee yeah. you that the yeah. person who will be accused of bullying is you. And the posse is our family and Darren Doan and anyone else who has tried to be lighthearted. All of them have been accused. You know, never mind who the father of the accused is or the accuser is right um they've been accused of being scoffers mockers we're the ones who are supposedly being unchristian right. and bullying because we're laughing instead of right. instead and, of going or, with them instead on of their, tearing our clothes right and, and sitting in sackcloth and ashes instead and wailing cheering. ichabod ichabod cheering for their very manly very scriptural very confessional very necessary, hardworking comment that yes. they've posted on Facebook. Your righteousness is actually not filthy rags. Right. <laughs> Yours is kind of lovely and uh. worthy of praise. We, uh, th what we're trying to communicate here is that the uh, the laughter is part of 
the physics of the universe. It's not a thing that we have any control over. It's just what happens. It's, it's like pulling back a rubber band and letting go of it. It's going to snap. That's, that's just what's going to happen. Right. And to, to pull back the rubber band and let go of it and then go, how dare you snap? That, how dare you? It's like, well, that's on you. It's not, it's not the rubber band's fault. Well, you are acting you are acting a fool because right. you are taking yourself you entirely too seriously and, that's what needs and fools to be, get laughed at. Right. That's what needs to be nuanced. These poor people have confused themselves with God. I've lost count of how many times they've accused somebody else of breaking the third commandment and taking the Lord's name in vain because that other person said something that person number one making the accusation didn't appreciate. And it's right. like, you're not God. Having your own personal feelings hurt is not the same as somebody mocking God. Right. Being mocked is not the same as somebody mocking God. No, and that's, that's a, what makes that's it so funny. That's a hard thing to swallow for some people. Right, right. We're You're not, not going to mock my Jesus. I'm not mocking Jesus. Right. I'm mocking you. you. I'm mocking you personally and yeah. specifically. And I'm not even mocking the, the ketchup and the mustard or the ketchup and the mayonnaise. No. Or the french fries or whatever you no, said. No, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with eating... Well, there's something wrong with anybody who eats mayonnaise for any reason. Don't, but don't there's nothing wrong Just with, because we're talking about P and Q doesn't mean we have to talk about Q and P. There's All I'm nothing wrong is, with mayonnaise I'm and French fries. I'm not, in this case, laughing at the doctrine. I don't even fully understand. I've never read the confessions in their entirety. Right. I'm right. not... I'm not I don't consider myself having a dog in this fight. And I already know that there are people who are like, well, that's precisely the point. That's why we have to come out here and do the hard work of making sure that we protect you from your right. own ignorance. Blah, blah, blah. All I'm saying is it's not the doctrine that I'm laughing at. Right. It's not the Bible I'm laughing at. It's right. certainly not Jesus or God. It's not the idea of the resurrection. Right. Uh, however it's going to look on however it's going to work. That's not the thing that's being mocked. And you are, you are not being truthful whether you're doing it on purpose or not, I don't know. But you're not being truthful if you say that that's what's happening. When you equate our laughter with us mocking God or mocking the Bible or mocking uh, Christian orthodoxy, it, when you when you make it about that, you're not telling the truth. Right. And that is less funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sin to lie. It's less funny. <laughs> but it's still kind of funny. Um, it's ironic. Yeah, it's ironic. Yeah. But uh, it it's not it's not as funny as just going over the top, making sure that everybody. This is how a person can become a vessel of God. They can be used like a tool in God's hand, and still not get an ego. If you have somebody in your life who can help repeat your words back to you to help you sift out the difference between you know, the very serious reality of heaven and hell and the very serious reality of heresy and the very serious reality of all of the suffering that happens in the world at various times. Um, they can help you sort out the difference between those things and your own blatant self-importance, right. your pride, your well, ugly it's, stupidity. It's a slippery slope and it's a, and it's a fine line. It's a really, it's a, it's a fine line that requires God's constant supervision you got to constantly be listening to the Holy Spirit mm. because the tendency is to get up, and I've known some people like this. Pa pastors have a tendency to get up and go, I am now about to proclaim the word of God. Therefore, it will be silent, and you will do it. And it's like, dude, 
You know, the, I, this is not about the word of God. This is about you. So get over yourself. Um, I'm, I'm also capable of proclaiming and reading the word of God. And, and it's just, but it's me doing it. And I know that. And so I am flawed. I am not a, a vessel. I am not worthy of anybody's attention necessarily. Um, the goal is to, is to, the goal is always to say things that are true things. And if I'm speaking truth, then that's worth listening to. But when I, as, as soon as it becomes about, hey, everybody, stop, shut up, and listen to my point of view, what I am doing here is super important, I'm going to get laughed at. Right. I just, I, it's going to happen. Yeah, well, I my intention was to read a few more actual real-life quotes from actual real-life self-important people, but we're out of time, so... <laughs> Well, here we are. There is something sort of ironic about reading self-important people's words on our podcast, isn't there? I right. mean, have, aren't we sort of elevating them to a level of well, importance? I, when I intended we do to that? I intended to start the whole episode by just saying, "Well, I hope you're all ready to take some things very, very seriously <laughs> because we have this we have this recorder set up on my dining room table. We do on, on at nine thirty at night in the middle of a cornfield here mm-hmm. and. And so, therefore... It's been a long day. There are some very serious things that need to take place. Like, Everybody sit down, shut up, and listen to what we have to say. Right. It's, it's yeah. going to be big. It's going to be earth-shattering. I need to go use my fly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that the way you wanted to end? No. <laughs> Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.